You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Hello and welcome to episode 69 of the Managemental Podcast, a weekly discussion on hot topics in the music biz for the up-and-comers, the brand newbies, the beginners, and aspiring rock stars of tomorrow. This podcast is propelled by your input and feedback, so please rate and review and leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this show. We would like to give a big thanks to Caleb of Ovira for our newest five-star rating and positive review on Apple Podcasts. I am your host, Mr. Blasco, and as always, I am joined by my good friend, the co-host from the other coast, Mr. Mike Mowry. Blasco, Blasco, a little giggle with the number 69 on my end. I don't know. I, I don't know if I've chosen a life that allows me to stay young i.e. not grow up or uh if because uh i don't know what the what the reverse of that is but nevertheless i still giggle when when 69 pops up as a number so here we are we've made it pretty damn far i was reflecting on that this morning and um you know we're, we're cruising along and at a, at a pretty good clip and i'm still having fun and i know you are too yeah oh, i mean look we are rapidly approaching episode 100 which will uh be monumental on some level we'll have to throw a party or something but um (laughs) in the uh last episode we chatted about how to launch your next music project that was a really great episode so check it out if you haven't already today's episode is sponsored by our buddies at rockabilia.com go check them out for the awesomest collection of officially licensed band merch on the planet use our code pcjabberjaw and get 15 percent off your entire order my goodness, I mean, we're approaching the summer months, although I think you're uh, you're on the flip side. Are you, you're down in South America at the moment, is that right? I am currently in Rio. Ah, so do they even get winter? I mean, what is the weather like there today? Probably like it is in LA, mid-70s or something. It's it's perfect weather. Yeah. Clear skies, you know, the, the beach is crashing with waves and uh, yeah, I, I can't complain. Yeah, if there's one thing that I've learned uh, through through this process of getting, you know, of us working together on this podcast is that your life pretty much is perfect. So <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> uh, but here it's getting hot, man. I'm back in D.C. I'm back in the saddle in the office. Feels pretty good. Um, but man, I'm starting to think about shorts and tank tops. So. Uh, I'm I'm a little skinny skinny guy, so tank tops don't usually uh, sit too well on me. But I'm gonna go over to Rockabilly and find you know some nice light cotton shirts with my favorite band names on them, and get our boy Frankie to hook me up. Maybe he'll give me 20% off since I'm asking so nicely. But for the rest of you, you gotta head to Rockabilly.com. 500,000 plus items of pretty much anything and everything you could want from pretty much any and every band genre you name it head on over tell them blasco and mike sent you they're huge supporters of our show and of our network so uh yeah that's pretty much all i got rockabilia.com pc jabberjaws your code 15 percent off and once again 
Blasco and Mike are the ones who sent you. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, I was meaning to mention this uh, before we dig into the episode. Uh, I just wanted to mention that I was looking on iTunes, and it seems like in the little popularity column, it seems like the recent one that we did where we answered a bunch of fans' questions is really popular. So I would just like to say keep sending in your questions, askblasco at gmail.com. But, you know, if there's stuff you want us to talk about, if you have a very specific question you want us to get to, please keep sending them in. But this week we talk about streaming. This is going to be killer, so let's get mental. Yeah, boy! So, Mike, um... I was thinking today we could get into our opinions about streaming. Now, of course, every episode we're, you know, we're giving our opinions, but I thought we could really dig deep onto this because, um, you know, the reality is, you know, maybe arguably, but the reality is, is that um, it's it's our future. Music streaming is inevitably going to be. I mean, it's our here and now as far as I'm concerned, you know. Yes, it is everybody's future if you haven't adapted or adopted already. You know, we've talked about this in in certain places within other other episodes. So go back and listen to all 68 of them if you haven't yet Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, where we touch on this. But, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm bullish on on the future of music and especially when it comes to the way that we are consuming it. Streaming to me is a massive, uh, it's a convenience, you know, which we'll talk about here momentarily, but, but I've, I've been about it. So to me, this is my now. Um, I understand that there are people still transitioning and I'm not, you know, I don't think we need to completely rid ourselves of anything physical, but to me, this is an awesome time to talk about it. So I put you to the test. I said, pick a great one for episode 69. And per usual, you rose above and beyond. So here we are, ladies and gentlemen. This is going to be a great one. Yeah, so I found a post uh, on musicthinktank.com. And the title of the article is Streaming Killed the CD and It's Okay. So it starts off like this. Earlier this year, U.S.-based supermarket chain Best Buy announced it will no longer carry music on physical CDs due to its its dwindling sales. According to sources speaking to Billboard magazine, the chain was making a mere $40 a year from record sales, a sum that's apparently too small to carry on. Best Buy plans to completely eliminate CDs from its stores by July 1st of this year, the sources say. But it will continue to sell vinyl for at least two more years. Uh... That's interesting. Um, you know, I mean, some people might not be so uh, attached to the music business blogs, but for anyone that doesn't know, the summary of this is that Best Buy will stop carrying CDs in their stores as of July 1st this year, which is just around the corner. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's a, that's a significant change. And, and I know so many people, you know, who there was, you know, that work in the business, you know, managers, agents, label people, even that it was really, you know, 
a rite of their passage or, or, you know, something that they'd built into their routine when they had an, an artist new release come out, they would, they'd pretty much go down to Best Buy. I mean, other people go to Target, you name it, but really it was Best Buy, the one that people were like, I'm going to go down there. I'm going to buy my artist CD. You know, I'm going to post about it on socials. I'm supporting my artists and therefore you should support you know, our artists. So just in and of itself, regardless of any of the rest of it, like to me, there's this cemented idea of so many of my friends and colleagues who that's what they did. And, you know, for many of us, certain artists, especially on the developing side, they haven't been in Best Buy for years anyways, but this is really going to mark, you know, come July 1st, you're not going to have that option at all. So. Yeah. The article continues evolution and convenience technology is evolving at a fast pace and the recording industry does the same mostly to cater to its consumers needs gone are the days when you had to buy a cd and rip the music from it so you can listen to it on your ipod or mobile phone today you tune into your music streaming service of choice and listen to whatever you want for one flat monthly fee and let's face it, this is the easiest way to listen to music today. I mean, there was a couple of years ago and I was in New York and I was hanging out with um, one of the guys from one of the equipment companies, you know, one of our endorsers of one of our artists. And we were just chilling. It was a Friday afternoon. They had a little co-work space or a little small office in, in Brooklyn. And we went in there and, you know, the guy had some whiskey and it was, you know, we're chilling and we're literally just like sharing. I didn't know the guy super well. And so we were just sharing like, you know, music that we love and it was all being done. You know, I don't remember which platform, um, but streaming. And he was sitting there and he was just like, can, you know, can you imagine if when we were kids and we're hunting through records, somebody said there's going to be a box and it has every single song that you could ever want to hear and all you have to do is type the name of it into this box you know that would have been the greatest thing in the entire world and so here we are we really are with arguably one of the greatest inventions ever which is the ability to find all music you know of course there's some exceptions people who are withholding their rights blah 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 but more or less all music in one easy, convenient place. If you're going to tell me that that's bad, I, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to really question your sanity. Yeah, look, I, you know, I don't think it's bad. Um, I think that it's now we just as look as a consumer and as a music fan, I love it because I have access to everything. Uh, I use Spotify as my choice of streaming service. Uh, to me, the platform is really flexible. It allows me the opportunity to build playlists. It allows me the opportunity to engage, um, and, you know, with with the fan base. It, it allows me the opportunity to curate something that I can share. Right? It's 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 a great experience. It's it's engaging. It's deep, and and uh, and for music discovery, there's nothing better. Um, on the flip side, and you know, I know I've told the story before, but uh, like. Whenever I, you know, in the cryptic slaughter days, whenever, we, you know, we got signed, this was like mid 80s. And the only option there was vinyl and cassettes, right? There wasn't even CDs yet whenever I got a record deal. And the difference is, is that then there was a barrier to entry, right? And it was the record labels were the gatekeepers by and large, right? There was there was still independent labels and there was bands 
you know, that, that could, you know, there was the SSTs and discords of the world that, you know, took their future into their own hands. But by and large, you had to get signed to a record label and that, that created some, some area to where it's like not everybody could enter, right? They, 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 they were the gatekeeper. And because making a record was expensive, printing a record was expensive, there, you needed some boots on the ground to get records actually in record stores and to promote it to where kids knew to go to the store and buy it, right? So those days are long behind us. The gatekeepers are now gone. Anyone can record a record on their own. Anyone could sign up to TuneCore and put their record on Spotify and Apple Music, right? And any, it is now a completely level playing field. So the challenge for the artist, even though as good as this is for the consumer, but the challenge for the artist now, right? So I'm not saying it's bad, but the challenge for the artist is how now with a very level playing field where there is no gatekeepers and there's no barrier for entry, how do you rise above the noise? How do you get noticed? How do, how do you get heard? How do you get people to pay attention to your music? Yeah, I mean, and that is a great point. And, you know, I think in some ways it just shifts where the impact needs to be, if that makes sense. You know, it's sort of like, uh, you know, in in the current economy of music, like where we are, if you think about it, if you did the work as an artist to to break through, kind of get the attention of somebody that that is on the other side of that barrier to entry, you know, you're front loading a lot of that work. And then once you get past that hump, it's not to say that your work is done because you and I both know that's really where it starts. But, you know, it's a different kind of work there. And so here, just like the economies are, things are just moved a little bit. Meaning, you know, when you got your cryptic slaughter deal, regardless of whether the money was good or bad, that's when the money came and then you got to go record. And nowadays it is it is a little bit different. Yes, anyone can record anyone, you know, can figure that out. But oftentimes you've got to front your own money for it and the delay of when you get money. And again, I'm not even talking about profits. I'm not talking about getting rich. I'm talking about just when you actually spend money is shifted. And so it's a little bit the same here when it comes to you know, getting noticed. Sometimes it's just the the work is more front loaded now. Again, once you get noticed, the work still exists and it's a different kind of work. But I think it's important to recognize like things have changed, but really they're the same. You still have to work hard. You still have to be great. You know, you still have to do all these things to really stand out and have a career. It's just that the impact of when uh, is a little bit different. That's the way that I view it. Yep. Uh, the article continues. Recognition. This switch to streaming affects more than just retailers, of course. Actually, it has made its presence felt in all areas except maybe for the awards business. After all, the way the music reaches the listener doesn't affect its artistic value, and the most prestigious awards are focusing on that. The phrase, without regard to album sales, chart position, or critical reception, is part of the description of all Grammys. This is probably one of the few things people don't know about the Grammy Awards. Artistic excellence remains the same, no matter if the creation in question is distributed on CD, vinyl, memory card, or through the airwaves. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good point. And it's funny, I mean, here we are, we're recording a podcast, and you know, as somebody that's been in the podcast business for two plus years now, I mean, going on three, 
it's, uh, you know, there's been an educational component on that. And, and what I've always come to say is, you know, I mean, a podcast is just a format, just like a CD is a format. I mean, you can get a, you know, a CD can contain music, it can contain metal music, it can contain classical music, it can contain, you know, uh, books on tape, if you will. There's so many things that it can actually house. You know, we associate it with music by and large because that's the business that we're in. But, you know, I think that's so important is the format doesn't really matter. Uh, what matters is, yeah, I mean, that recognition is still going to be there and people are still going to judge music, even though it is a subjective field, you know, the impact is going to be made, you know, based on the quality or really its connection with the, the masses. And what I love about it is, you know, these barriers to entry, are, you know, have been removed, but also the barriers to impact have been removed, you know. Uh, and I've found this out the hard way. I've worked with artists who have, you know, members of other bands, you know, bands that had done very well. And in the past, you and I both know in the CD age and the record store age, that gave somebody the desire to check it out. And and usually that meant they were going to buy it, right? If the singer of X band is now in a new band Y, you're probably going to go down and you're going to buy it based on singer X's history. Well, now you're in the streaming world. And you get to listen to Singer X's new band Y. And if you don't like it, you don't have to go any further, you know, for better or for worse. And so to me, again, I think it's sort of great in that sense. I mean, I want us all to be paid attention to based on our laurels and based on what we've done. But if the quality isn't there or if the art isn't resonating with the, the consumer at that particular time, then you know nobody's getting a leg up. It, everybody, it's it's all equal playing field. We can hit stop or skip on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, YouTube, way easier than we can take that shrink wrap CD back and try to return it for store credit and get something else. You know? Yeah. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about some of what the media um, has put out there. In terms of potentially a little bit of a false narrative, um, there's a lot of squawk about that streaming is bad for the artist because the payouts are so much lower. Now, look, I mean, if, if we go back to the CD era, right, someone walks into a store, they buy your CD for whatever set price, right, and you get a piece of that that cost of the CD, right? The artist receives a piece of that. Now, by and large, the label spent a lot of money getting that CD into the store, and that cost goes to recoup what the label put up front to get that record into the store, right? Now, easy math is whenever all of that is recouped, all of the expense of the label is recouped from sales, then the artist starts to see a share of money. Now, from my experience, right, as a dude that's played in many bands, the, it, the cost of the CD, of getting into the store, far exceeds what we actually make as a band from CD sales, right? So there's this, there's this narrative that this is, streaming is bad for the artist because they don't make as much money from sales, right? But yep. In my experience, I've never, I've rarely seen any profit from sales anyway because the, the the label has put up so much money to get it in the stores. 
that the you know we, we don't end up making a profit because we haven't sold more than we've spent, right? Um, so, I, I mean, what do you think on that? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a skewed narrative, and and you know, I think part of it comes from you know the top where yes, there were these artists who were selling massive amount of CDs and grossing a massive amount of money, and that was greater than the amount of money that you know the label put in, and so the way it was trickling back, I mean you know, was different, was out of skew with what they were getting previously. I mean, you know, that said, the the narrative is so interesting as you, you know, as it continues to sort of like uh, propel itself forward. It's, it's then, oh, every artist is getting screwed. Whereas you and I both know many of the artists that we work with or, you know, have been peers with, they were never getting any royalties, right? For the reasons that you said, it's like the recordings cost money, all of the manufacturing costs money, the distribution costs money. And that was only, you know, getting back to the artist when, you know, the royalty rate, it's not even the dollars of, of the CD being sold. It's the artist royalty on that being sold. So the narrative is, is interesting to me. And, you know, there's there's no argument that the overall dollars in the music business decreased when people work towards stop buying uh, physical product, which we're still in that phase, and, and moving towards streaming. That is correct. The dollars are lower. But as more and more people are adopting to the platform, we're seeing the dollars are coming back up. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the, the real story is, you know, yes, Certain labels, you could see the majors did deals with Spotify. They actually invested in Spotify. There was an article floating around just yesterday that Warner sold 75% of its stock that they had purchased in Spotify. And so people were saying, oh my goodness, if you're selling 75%, does that mean that you're, you know, abandoning the platform or whatever else? And, you know, the, the quick glance that I that I read, the guy said, no, we're just, we're in the music business. We're not in the long-term business of holding on to, you know, stocks, if you will. And so to me, you know, the, the, the point is, yes, there's different deals that have been done. It's going to be, it, it has been a rough transition. It's a very interesting transition, but to me, we're coming out of it and we're going to be in a really, really amazing place where, artists, you know, hopefully the labels are being compensated in a tune that works for them and they're able to pass that through to the artists themselves. Uh, The article continues. The numbers. Music streaming has reached a tipping point in 2016 when for the first time its revenues have overtaken physical record sales as the main source of income for the music industry. And it has the potential to reach people otherwise intangible for the business, too. In the year 2000, almost 950 million music CDs were sold in the United States. By 2017, this number has decreased to under 90 million. Streaming did kill the CD, just like the CD killed vinyl, just like vinyl killed the phonograph cylinder. It's the survival of the fittest. That's a powerful number, man, to go from 950 million down to 90. And of course, you know, there's some questions that we have there. I mean, you know, there's no secret to those of us that work in the in the business that, you know, uh, CDs are susceptible to returns, meaning, you know, your label can get them to your distributor, distributor can get them out to the stores, the stores can, you know, take a chance on something 
overbuy it. And then next thing you know, it's all being sent back, you know, and then being destroyed. So of that 950, my question is, you know, is that to the consumer or is that, I mean, it doesn't really matter. I'm just sort of like, it's so interesting when the numbers make it that drastic. I mean, we're at 10% of what it was in the year 2000. 10%. I mean, that is a freaking huge drop of 90%. And that's what I was sort of talking about previously is like, wow, to go make that up, to make up 90% of our business, we're going to get there. I mean, the projections are that streaming will actually allow for more revenue than CDs did. It's just that awkward transition of, you know, we're in this middle ground. We're in this spot where, you know, yes, the physical product, just like when vinyl transitioned to CDs, we're in this spot where it's different. It doesn't mean it's bad. It's just different. And there's some growing pains that go along with that. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I, I think about this, um, that, you know, in summary, right? Like streaming is inevitable people. I mean, it's like, you got to start to wrap your head around the fact that this is the future of the music business. And, and as stated earlier in the article, it's like technology advances, right? And, and, and we, we will continue to move forward and the platforms will continue to change. You know, I mean, it's like, like I said, whenever I first got a record deal, it was vinyl and cassettes. By the time I put out our third record, they were transitioning into CDs, right? And and that lasted, you know, that hung out for a while. You know, I've been around long enough to see the resurgence of vinyl, right? And and now now it's it's all going now it's all going into streaming. So I feel like by and large, it's like it, like don't buy into the false narrative that this is bad for the artist because. At the end of the day, it doesn't even really matter. There's no, there's no argument. There's no one that's going to be stopping the progression of digital music. There's no one that's going to stop Apple Music and Spotify and anything else that may come along, right? There's, there's, there's nothing that's going to impede that progress of technology. And um, so we just need to wrap our heads around how to use it to our advantage. And you know, we we figured out ways to best serve the cd release era but now we have to move on and we have to think of new strategies to reach more people on a significant level so we can continue to tour and sell t-shirts and play in front of people and build our business yeah and i mean i think just the point i want to make is if for some reason you're listening to this i mean you're saying you know oh you got to grasp that that streaming is the future and and i started this by saying no streaming's now like to me it's now i don't buy cds i don't have a way to play cds uh, you know, there's certain aspects about CDs I like. I mean, I'm still working with artists where we're manufacturing CDs and vinyl because I know that that is, you know, what how some people still want to consume music. And, you know, you can continue to consume music in the way that you've done it before. Just as vinyl's made a resurgence, I mean, there's plenty of people, I'm not saying it's a huge percentage, but there are people that have listened to vinyl throughout the entire time from when they were born in the seventies or eighties or maybe the nineties, I doubt it, you know, until now. Um, and so if there's a way that you like, that you feel like you want to consume music, you're still probably going to be able to do that at least for the foreseeable future. But as far as the business is concerned, I mean, if you go to a record label head and tell them, man, you're going to have a, a marketplace where you don't have to actually guess 
how many CDs to manufacture, right? Because that's the way it works. I mean, if you're about to, which you've just done recently, you know, put out a Black Veil Brides album, you know, at the time, Universal's saying, well, holy shit, do we know whether or not we need to make 100,000 of these, 500,000 of these, or 50,000 of these? You know, in just a year or two's time, there's going to be no question, no dilemma. And that gives the executives, you know, that are spending the money, that gives them a lot of freedom, right? You know, because it's like, holy cow, we can invest into the art itself, knowing that once that gets out there, you know, we don't, there's not as much of a risk. And so I guess my overall point is, you know, for the business, I think this is actually fantastic. However, you know, it doesn't mean if for whatever reason, you know, you're not ready for it yet. It's you don't want to throw all your CDs away. You don't want to quit going to Best Buy. There's always going to be Amazon, um, you know, which is probably part of what Best Buy is facing anyways, is just, you know, not even just the streaming component, which is, of course, huge. But it's also just people consume things in a different manner. You know, we don't go to fucking Target in the way that we maybe once did for laundry detergent. I just hit, you know, <laughs> buy on Amazon and it arrives at my doorstep. And so to me, I think we're just in such an exciting time um, because, you know, streaming as a whole just makes everything, I think, a little bit easier from the business side of it. And I think we're going to see some things really thrive once we in the next year or two, almost put the exclamation point on physical as a a real, I don't know if real is the right word, but physical will become, um, you know, a special thing. It'll become that deluxe item or it'll become something that, you know, the true fans are, are you know, will still make that for them. But really, to me, what's so exciting is it's like pushing forward once we once that exclamation point of we aren't manufacturing physical because we have to, we are going to be in such a liberated place. And I'm going to be in Copacabana right there with you, brother. It ain't just <laughs> going to be for the bass players of Ozzy Osbourne's band. It's going to be for the washed up bass players of shot hardcore bands, too. <laughs> Well, that concludes episode 69. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. We will be back here next week. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Blasco1313. We encourage you to email us any questions or comments you have for the podcast to me directly at askblasco at gmail.com. If you have listened thus far, much respect to you for making efforts to educate yourselves and taking your future into your own hands. Mike, any final parting thoughts? Yeah, you guys, this was a fun one. I always like it when Blasco, you and I get to riff and share some of our opinions. And, you know, as Blasco noted at the top of the episode, uh, when we answer the fan questions, that gets a lot of uh, a nice return and a lot of listeners as well. So please don't hesitate to, to contact him at that askblasco at gmail.com. And while you're sending the email, pop open a browser, head over to rockabilia.com. Don't forget to tell him Blasco and Mike sent you. Pick out one of their 500,000 plus items that exist and use the code PCJabberJaw for 15% off your order. Last but not least, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mike O'Loop. And last but least no least but not last i don't know whatever it's episode 69 at this point we're all just fucking sitting here in ecstasy i hope so 
Outerloopcoaching.com is the place where, you know, I do a little bit more of the formal uh, education in regards to developing artists and developing industry professionals. So please head on over there. And Blasco, it's always a pleasure. This is a fun one. I hope you don't get sunburned uh, down there on the beautiful beaches of uh, Brazil. All good. Thanks, everyone. Peace. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind. Uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little a little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick. And usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work. But we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that, that uh, has impacted your life. Uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers. Think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe for Grind podcast. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.